SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Nine minutes after five o'clock and time for the interview. Electricity will increase by 18 rand 65% for the year 2023 and 12.74% the following year. That will be over 30% increase in the period of two years. ESCOM had asked for a 32% increase for um, the financial year 2023-2024 and just over 9% the following year. The National Energy Regulator of South Africa announced its decision saying it took into consideration public comments from different interested parties and the energy sector. There were over 2,000 contributions. Uh, this is now the written submissions that were made. What is the mandate of NERSA in the energy sector? What is the role as an entity and how does it decide on tariffs and what process do they follow before making such a decision? Remember that we also taking your calls, questions that you may have for Lungile Mashele, who's an energy economist, as well as Hilton Trollope, who is an energy analyst. Your voice notes on 0614-104-107. Your tweets at Aldrin Simpier, and uh, our studio line is 086-000-2032. Hilton, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, good afternoon. It's a pleasure. Uh, uh, greetings to you. Um, uh, your voice doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> Does it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I just dragged myself out of a, a, a quite a, a, a serious meeting. So yeah. maybe I can I can join your spirit a bit better. <laughs> I, I, I thought your spirit might, might have been dampened by this announcement that has been made by Nursa, but but I totally understand. But what do you make no, of it? No, no, no. It was 100% understood. Are we online at the moment? Yes, we are. Uh, okay, so... It was expected, um, and uh, because the money has to come from somewhere, either it comes from the tariff or it comes from the taxpayer. So um, if it comes from the tariff, there's still the space uh, to uh, design the tariff for different customer segments. So remember, that 32% is the average charge to everybody. So now the, the, the issue is... Uh, those are our electricity generation costs at the moment. We're not going to get away from that expenditure mm. by ESCOM in the short term. Uh, you know, in the long term, greater efficiency at ESCOM, uh, cheaper generation, etc., will get us away. But for the next few years, those are the costs. So the question is, how do we apportion the costs? Do we uh, charge it through the tariff or do we uh, not recover the money through the tariff and then recover it from the taxpayer? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that it's more transparent to do it through the tariff and then to recognize different customer classes. So, of course, they're all the uh, indigent households. Of course, they must receive free basic electricity. Then the, the, the lower electricity users amongst residential households, they shouldn't pay much because it hits them really hard. Then we get to the really difficult bit, industry and business. Yeah. Some industries will go out of business with this kind of tariff. What do we do with them? Can we subsidize them through a transfer from other industries or from industries that uh, won't go out of business? And those are the difficult questions that um, uh, designing tariffs now has to follow. And, and you will know that not everybody pays the same for electricity. Uh, different yeah. customer classes already pay very different amounts. Mm-hmm. So, so, so with with this application that was made by by ESCOM, of course, which was amended uh, in September, as we heard now during the press briefing as well, or reminded during the press briefing as well. Um, in September, we hadn't had the median term budget statement at, at that time, 
And the commitment that was given by the Minister of Finance was that some of ESCOM's debt will be carried over by Treasury, taken over by Treasury. Would this be something that NERSA would be taking into consideration as they determine this price application? Probably not. And now I, I speak under correction mm-hmm. because it would not be prudent until the actual uh, bailout or the uh, equity uh, the, uh, taking over ESCOM's debt and converting it to equity has actually been done before that could be put into the uh, the, the price determination. So uh, uh, the, the minister made a statement that some will go, but I think only when that happens can that be included in the uh, ESCOM revenue uh, application. Because as you know, uh, just you know, possibly many listeners don't know, mm. but what happens here is the tariff that is applied for, what ESCOM does is they say, what do we expect to spend in the coming year on salaries, maintenance, fuel, new plant, it's, well, not new plant because it's not on capital, and operating costs over the next uh, period and on capital costs, interest repayments, etc. Then they divide that total cost of uh, running ESCOM by the amount of electricity they expected to spend, I mean, to generate, to sell. And when they divide that total cost by the total electricity they expect to uh, uh, supply, they get this average tariff, which the average tariff is going up 32%. Now, what also happens, uh, this is only an estimate for the, the year to come. Yeah. They then charge that tariff. At the end of the year, there is a reconciliation. If they spend more, they're given more in the following price determination. Mm-hmm. If they spend less, then they have to give some back. These are called the clawbacks uh, by NERSA from ESCOM. But uh, this initial uh, uh, application, I don't know, as I say, speak under correction, but it wouldn't include that equity uh, um, buy-in by government, which is essentially turning their uh, debt into government equity. It's a bit of a slight event, by the way. It's basically just government uh, paying off their debt because the equity is not really worth anything to government. Yeah. And then, for instance, if we look at a, let's say, for instance, McKinsey saying that they'll pay back one billion rand from that ESCOM contract. Yeah. And that money would form part of um, ESCOM's coffers. Would that be yeah. an amount that NERSA also takes into consideration? Uh, yes, definitely. As soon as that goes into the ESCOM's books uh, and is accounted for, then that has to be taken. Is, is that only when it's, when it's there? Not the, not uh, just the commitment. Well, that's a real technical. But let me just say, one billion is it's it's neither here nor there for mm-hmm. this. The, the total ESCOM revenue application is of the order of three hundred and eighty billion. So we're looking at point three of one percent. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why people have to realise the, the the sheer scale of ESCOM. Three hundred and eighty billion a year costs. Um, and what happens if they can't cover the costs? This is why it's it, it, it builds up this massive debt and threatens the economy. So the one thing we can't have is Eskin continuing to operate and not cover its costs. Because this, uh, I believe that uh, Eskin continually being bailed out by the taxpayer, it's a very non-cost-reflective, uh, a non-transparent way of subsidizing certain electricity users if there's a, a, a general bailout of Eskin. And, and let me be a bit more clear there. 
the biggest users of electricity are uh, industry and then uh, wealthy houses, not poor houses. Mm. So when we get a, a bailout of Eskom with taxpayers' money, that's who's been bailed out, and, uh, and not the poor houses. Hold. So it's a, it's a shift uh, towards those users away from the poor, uh, the tax tax money that should be going to education um, uh, and uh, health, etc., goes to uh, um, energy production. And I don't think that's economically efficient. Yeah, we're taking your calls on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Your voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You can also tweet at Aldrin Simpier. Having a conversation focusing on NERSA and of course that announcement that just came through now around um, the tariff application that was made by ESCOM and also the increase that has been granted eighteen point six five percent. This is for now in the year twenty twenty three, and then after that we'll have a twelve point seven four percent increase, and this is part of that application that has been brought by ESCOM. Just a quick one before we go to the mandate of of Nursa Hilton is um, so ESCOM had said that they want nine point, I think nine point seven four percent. This is now for the year financial year 2024-2025. What would the rationale have been for Nursa to say, let's rather give you twelve point seven four percent while in this year we'll give you eighteen point six five percent? So um, for 20 years, at least the past 20 years, mm. um, Eskom has not recovered the full cost of producing electricity. Um, and that, that was covered to start with by the huge overcapacity of existing power stations that Eskom had. And um, what Eskom didn't do, because it wasn't covering the full cost of power, it wasn't investing in new power stations sufficiently, which is one of the reasons we have the shortage now. So for a long time, we've always had an under-recovery. The tariff hasn't been high enough. I mean, that may be very uh, hard for some people to hear, um, but if, you know, South Africa used to have amongst the cheapest electricity in the world. And one of the reasons for that was that electricity uh, users weren't paying the full cost of that. So. The reason that Eskom is asking to shift, to, to, to take bigger increases now is to bring the cost in line, uh, the price, sorry, the tariff, in line with the full cost. And once we're there, then the price can start going up more in line with inflation. But it was never there, and it was always a big structural problem with the electricity price. I don't know how clear that is. It's a, it's quite a mouthful. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's our voice note line. You can drop me a tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre, and our studio line is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Call us on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. And remember, you can also tweet at Aldrin Simpier and drop me a voice note on 0614104107. We're in conversation with Hilton Trollope, who is an energy analyst, as we focus on NERSA and, of course, that announcement that has just been made by the National Energy Regulator. Let's go to Larry, who's joining us from Fishhook. Good afternoon, Larry. How's it, Aldrin? Good, good, Larry. How are you? I want to comment on... I'm good, man. Uh, I want to comment on this formula that uh, your energy expert is saying that NASA uses. Mm-hmm. It seems to be completely flawed because if NASA is doing a calculation based on how much electricity they expect to sell during a year or time period, 
and then they divide that by their costs, or their costs by that amount. And then they have load shedding where they can't sell as much as they thought they would. And it's, uh, the way we're running at the moment... Or can't generate even. Let's say can't generate. Mm. No, well, yes. So now they thought they're going to sell X amount of electricity, but now they're selling less. So now they're saying they're under recovery. Because it's like having a taxi and saying, I'll charge you five grand a kilometer, but you're using half your, your fuel on the way. And so, so now it's 10 grand. Mm. It's, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to calculate it like that. They have to find a better way of calculating that takes into account the amount of repairs that they need to do as an operational expense, surely. Okay. Um, Hilton, response okay. to that? Thanks, Larry. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it's far from perfect, and that that, uh, that caller, exactly that would happen, um, for example, if they can't supply the electricity, or they sell a lot less because the price is higher. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, there is a reconciliation that's done. So the estimate is done at the beginning of the year, and then subsequently, at the end of a accounting period, a reconciliation is done. Of course, there are risks in the opposite direction that um, Eskom uh, might not uh, know how much it's going to spend on diesel, which has happened, and it ends up spending a lot more, in which case the tariff would uh, need to have been higher. So yes, it's far from perfect. And in general, this is called an administered price when the market doesn't set the price. And one always has these, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, pluses and minuses in different mm-hmm. formulae and methods that are used. But your, your call is spot on. There are, there are errors, but they are fixed afterwards. And now that you've men- mentioned that this is administered prices, um, is it true that the Constitution, and I've tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it, but there was an argument that I heard from one anal- analyst who had argued that it is unlawful and unconstitutional um, to have a tariff increase, an administered tariff increase, that is higher than what our inflation rate is. Um, I am certainly not aware of such a constitutional limitation, and I've never heard such an uh, uh, assessment, a legal assessment, Mm -hmm. but um, we've had uh, uh, tariff increases across many administered prices, you know, whether it's water, waste removal, electricity, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I've never heard of a, a, a legal challenge, but it's an interesting point. Yeah. Let's go to Felix, who's joining us from Tata. Felix, good afternoon. Hi, Elrin. Happy New Year's, my son. Welcome, welcome. Elrin, uh, uh, what, what, what makes me sick or makes me tired is uh, ESCOM or NASA just increase prices. And uh, we, uh, I think if they just try and to make more revenue, revenue is for us as uh, consumers to buy electricity direct from ESCOM. Because why I say so is that if you look at it right now, the money being owed to them is government and municipalities. Now we pay far more than they increase what they put now because the municipalities add on a certain amount again. To make it more worse is even the money that they're going to be given by the government is our money. So in other words, Whatever the the, 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 uh, the the government is going to pay yep. them out with, it's our money. No, fair point there, Felix. We still got to buy electricity, increase on electricity. 
I mean, us as consumers, where do they look at? What do they think? Like their increases will be over the amount that, like our people are now beyond strike. Yeah. Because the fair point, though, is that um, the money that Treasury has doesn't fall out of the sky. Um, <laughs> but, but Hilton, what do you make of the points that are raised there by Felix, especially considering the debt that ESCOM has um, coming from municipalities as well as government? So, uh, ESCOM, in fact, does supply, um, I think, at least half of total South African households. Uh, it could be less or more. Uh, directly, they are Eskom customers, mm-hmm. and the tariffs that a direct Eskom residential customers pay pay is very similar to the municipal tariffs. Um, so, uh, at that point, uh, I just have to give that information. Many, many, and especially uh, historically, um, Eskom was involved in the first electrification of many uh, previous townships that weren't connected. So, in, in fact, I think uh, most poor households are supplied directly by Eskom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the issue of municipal debt is, is a big problem because, uh, you know, you have one arm of government, local government, paying a government entity and then not paying. And uh, that is a, a, a terrible uh, political problem, really, because I think it's, it's most unfair to collectively punish uh, the, the residents of a municipality who uh, is uh, uh, not prudent in uh, managing their affairs mm-hmm. um, by not uh, supplying them with electricity, by cutting them off. But whereas on the other hand, if you don't cut them off, uh, then where do you get the money from? Well, mm-hmm. How do you make them pay? And I think that's an intergovernment issue. We have a, a whole government minister and department involved with uh, intergovernmental relations, and uh, it has to be dealt with, I think, at that level. Yeah. And then on the um, the the vendors, electricity vendors, because their prices tend to be very different to um, what ESCOM prices would be, and most of them, of course, um, operate also on 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 behalf of of municipalities or get their their contracts from the municipality to resell the electricity. Why is it that they don't go through the NERSA formula as well? I have to just tell you that I'm ignorant of that issue. Mm-hmm. Just let me be straight on, on the vendors. On the vendors? Yeah. Okay. And then we have one question here on Twitter. Sabelo says, uh, please ask your guest about the effect of IPPs on cost price. So <laughs> this is, I'm uh, sorry for laughing at that. It's a highly relevant issue because it's a highly politicized issue. So, um, most South African IPPs um, were procured uh, between uh, 2011 and 2014, and many of them were procured at the time at above the average price being paid for coal power at that time. And they're still above the average price of coal power. However, the total amount paid to those IPPs, those IPPs only supply about 5% of total South African electricity. Hi, Hilton. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you now. Sorry, I'm just changing my phone to my other ear. It's quite hot here. Um, The reason those IPPs were originally procured in 2011 to 2014 was to decrease emissions. Um, And they are more expensive than coal. But they're only 
it's only a small amount of the energy. The thing is, it's been highly politicized, this issue, because nowadays, IPPs, the wind and solar ones, will be much cheaper than coal. But the fact that those initial ones were bought at a higher price is correct, but it's, uh, the, the, the importance of that is, has been, uh, there's been misinformation about that in the public sphere, and it doesn't make a big impact on mm. the tariff at the moment. Okay. Uh, Hilton, just a quick final one is on the nine members of NERSA. How are they appointed? They're appointed by the Minister of uh, So it's not Energy. a public process? No, not as far as I know. Um, the Minister, they serve at the pleasure of the Minister, I suppose. It's a way to point it. So, and that's the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. Okay. Appoints the regulator. Thank you so much for your time. That is Hilton Trollope, who is an energy analyst. Really appreciate your time. 0614-104-107. That's our voice note line. You can also drop me a tweet at Alderan St. Pierre. And our studio line is 86 2032